Welcome to Sudoku Book Club, where we finally get around to the books that have been sitting on our shelves forever. I'm Tim Everson. And I'm Leif Nelson. Now, Leif, we're not talking about books today, are we? Uh, no, that's not the plan. Why? <laughs> that's a good question. Um, too good for books? Huh? <laughs> I, I like to think that books are too good for me. Did you get infected with the the virus that I have that makes you not able to read? That's what I'm. That's the official story that I'm going with now. Uh, it's, a, it's an illness. Yeah, to an extent, but my inability to read also extends to my inability to play video games at times, which is what we are going to talk about. Um, we talk about Call of Duty. We are not talking about Call of Duty. So this week we're going to be talking about a lot. Okay. Of video games because I am a bad gamer. Um, so I play on PC. And Tim, are you? Do you know anything about PC gaming? They're better than the other people. They are better than other people. They um, there's a very famous subreddit called uh, PC Master Race, which is an interesting choice <laughs> for. Uh, <laughs> um, people who play video games um sure there's nothing deeper or insidious about them uh but video game culture very famously <laughs> yeah. welcoming very, welcoming not uh, not problematic at all so definitely nothing really to look look, look into there no well because video games aren't art mm -hmm. um there's nothing really there below the surface um you just you know shoot the enemies of america and you're fine like it's great um but so um as video games have left kind of like you no longer have to buy whatever the cd or just the disc that comes with it even when you do end up buying the disc these days you usually have like 100 gigabytes to download if you're buying a call of duty or something similar um so digital storefronts are very common and the most popular pc storefront is steam it's been around for i don't know how long probably almost 20 years at this point um and there are others like good old games and i'm sure there are others ea has origin i think blah blah, blah i can't remember but there's a new kid on the block and by new it's like two to three years old uh, which is the Epic Game Store, which is owned by the people who make... It's owned by Epic. It's people who make Fortnite. Fortnite. They make Fortnite. Yeah. <laughs> they do make other games, but absolutely nothing they make Fortnite. Uh, can compare to Fortnite. So that's what they do. Um, and the Epic Game Store, when it launched, they like wanted people to be using it because Steam is kind of like just... If you're playing a PC game, they, people assume you're using Steam to buy your games on it. Um, so Epic started this thing where they would give one free game a month. Like if you like you don't you you have an account obviously for your your stuff, but you don't have to do anything. You literally just you check, you see there's a new free game. Um, I can't remember what the first one was, but I know pretty early on there was stuff like Obzu, Subnautica. Um, some honestly pretty big games, and then at some point it stopped being once a month, and it became just once a week. 
every week there's a new game and often it's usually just like some indie game you've never heard of sometimes it's an indie game you have heard of and every once in a while uh every once in a brief while there is a very popular game like um just this week right now for example when we're recording this and hopefully when it's coming out um is the bioshock trilogy um last week it was borderlands 3 and this is this makes me a bad gamer because gamers hate having to shop at more than one place. When the Epic Game Store came out, and to an extent now, it's just not as good a store. It doesn't have as many, it doesn't like let you tag games, it doesn't let you like arrange your library as well. But it does give free games. And so people use that, and people lost it over this. I'm spending way too long on this nonsense. Long story short, I hate Steam, I hate everything that Valve stands for, and I'm 100% a Chinese shill who uses the Epic Game Store. <laughs> so, what that means is I have a huge catalog of video games that even if I didn't have like a huge interest in, I was just like, yeah, why not? And I downloaded it. And so I have a long list of games, most of them from Epic, some of them from Steam that I've had for a while that I've been going through. Um, but I'm going to focus on two that I started with, which were Subnautica and Abzu, because they're very similar games, but they're different, um, and we're also going to talk about why that doesn't matter. Subnautica is a um, very popular game, started in early access, and then eventually uh, became a full-fledged game. It now has a sequel game called Subnautica Sub-Zero um, that is also in early access at the moment. Subnautica is a uh, underwater survival game in the vein of Minecraft and Rust and other things where you start with nothing and you slowly accumulate resources and materials to make items and tools and places to live. And then that it just grows and grows until, uh, in theory, you beat the game. And in reality, you probably just get bored and stop playing. Um at least that's usually the case with Minecraft and other stuff. Um, and from the name, you can probably guess, and from what I've said, it's underwater. Uh, you, your main base is on the surface um, because your spaceship has crashed and you were launched out in a, an escape pod. And you uh, have this suit and you swim around and you try and, like, rebuild. And I assume try and get off the planet? I don't know, because I didn't finish the game. And we'll get into why. Um in a little bit. But first I'm going to talk about Abzu. Abzu, I don't know what this game is about. <laughs> I know it's very pretty. It's also underwater. You are, um, it's third person. You can see yourself swimming about. It's very colorful. It's not a survival game. It's, at least from what I played, it is just an explore, kind of see the, the beautiful underwater sights, fish, wildlife, coral, things like that. Um, very relaxing game in theory. And I say in theory because I also couldn't play this game. And the reason is because I'm a coward who gets scared in deep waters. <laughs> I think I played about half an hour of Subnautica. And I played probably about 10 minutes of the Abzu. Subnautica has some horror elements. There are, like, creatures that can kill you. And 
um, even in the very beginning of the game, which is supposed to be the safest spot, you can very faintly hear occasionally. I never did, but I know just from stuff I've seen, you can hear the call of like this big sea predator. Like it's an alien, but it's like this big monster. And I could not handle that. I could not play it. I was so tense while playing. Like I, um, back when I was in grade school, I used to have big anxiety problems, like because I had ADD, I like would not do homework and then I'd have low grades and I couldn't do things and I'd have to like rush and do things. And I would just, I would get super tense about it. And it got so bad that my shoulders like would have knots in them. Um, just like the muscle, like I needed like serious, like my mom or my dad to like dig their elbow in to kind of like work out the knots in my muscle. And I mostly got over that. I didn't even have that issue in college when I still had serious procrastination, procrastination issues, but it just never got that bad. This gave it to me. Like I was (laughs) tense. I couldn't handle it. And it's all about if I'm going to talk about like why I'm afraid of it, of the deep water, it's just the fact that you can't see very far. And that's weird because like fog doesn't scare me like that, but, but fog doesn't scare me because I know that there's still land beyond that. Presumably, even if it becomes water beyond that, I know how land works in the water something can be above you or below you or in front of you behind you, or it could be in front of you and it could just be 20 feet in front of you and you can't see it because it's so dark. (laughs) And that just like gives me the worst heebie jeebies ever. So you are the polar opposite of James Cameron. Yes. Well, here's, so here's the thing. Yes. I'm the polar opposite of James, James Cameron. I don't mind movies. Or, um, like, nature documentaries that take place underwater. I've seen The Abyss. I've seen Planet Earth when they're underwater. Um, I can watch that just fine. It's creepy, but it's, like, it's fine. It's whenever I'm in that situation, or when I'm playing a video game, when it feels like I'm in that situation, that it becomes too much for me. And I just can't handle it. And I... And... I talk about Subnautica because it's survival. It's there's like some scary stuff that's meant to scare you. Abzu is not like that. It's very calm. It's <laughs> like everything about the music and what's going on. I can tell like this is supposed to be a relaxing, like cute little not cute. I don't know. It's it's more um, artsy and just like it's an experience, and it still scared the shit out of me. <laughs> like. <laughs> In the very beginning, like, I've not even passed the tutorial. Like, it's teaching you how to, like, sing to the other fish, and it opens up, like, this little thing. And you go down, and it's dark all of a sudden, and I just, like, I couldn't handle it. I just stopped. I'm sure I could potentially, like, muscle through and, like, get used to it. But it just does not work for me. Uh, That's rough. I did not even play a, a total of two hours with these two games. Um, which, by the way, I haven't mentioned I've had for over a year because I got them both at the very beginning of when Epic started doing these things. And it was only within the past couple of months that I was like, hey, I've, I've, a lot, I've got a lot of video games. I should start working through those. Um, so that is 
the extent of my experience with Subnautica and Abzu. And I, and I, I focus on them because I'm going to start talking about a couple other games. I'm going to focus on them simply because they feel like they're, they're good games. I've heard good things and I enjoyed <laughs> tiny bits of what I was doing. And if it were literally any other setting, I think, well, maybe not Subnautica. I kind of start to fall off on two open world games, but, um, just cause I get, I can't figure out what I'm supposed to do or I get bored and, uh, Abzu right up my alley. Uh, but just could not, could not handle it in any capacity. Yo-ho, yo-ho. Yeah. A pirate's life. <laughs> not for you. No. Um, other games that I played, I'm not going to... This is probably not going to be a very long episode. Um, games I enjoyed. Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. Uh, it's, uh, it is a pseudo-co-op game where you control two brothers uh, with analog sticks. The left... Stick controls the little brother, right stick controls the older brother, and you use them to solve very simple puzzles, but it's still interesting. Um, I did have to cheat on one puzzle, because it was a little weird for me. Um, but honestly, for puzzle games, that's pretty good. <laughs> that That's pretty easy for me, at least. Um, very fun game, very... Um, it's one of those games... Um, that where there's no dialogue, it's all nonsense speak, kind of, kind of like The Sims. Um, the story uh, is okay, but it's not really about like the story as like a narrative. It's more about the story. It's kind of like a fairy tale, um, where every chapter that I played through just got every chapter had a moment where I like quite literally like just my jaw dropped, and I was like, oh wow, that is breathtaking, or uh, just something I've never seen in a video game before. Wow. Yeah, no, it, it's really great. I, I literally don't want to tell anyone about it. I'll just say it starts with your dad is sick and you, it's in a fantasy world and you go to, uh, you're, you're traveling to a tree to get an ingredient that will save him. And it, it just gets, every setting is wilder and wilder. Um, and, and it's a really just very interesting. I, I kept thinking it was going to end because I knew it wasn't a long game. I probably finished it in like three or four hours. Um, but every time I thought the game was going to end, it went farther and went just even wilder than I was expecting, which was very cool. The one downside was there was a glitch in my game in a very heartfelt moment where <laughs> the, the, model for a bird a giant bird was in the scene i could see it but it, it wasn't in the scene and so even during the cut scenes that were again very heartfelt as the character's crying over something that has just happened he's clipping through the body of this bird <laughs> and you can't see what's going on and eventually the bird shows up you see the bird fly in and and for me my point of view it hit the model that was standing still and then they became one and things got normal but it really killed the mood <laughs> um but overall good game overall good game uh two very short games although so the, here's a, a theme all the games i liked were very short um Florence um, is a very short game. I think it started on mobile. I got it on when it was on Steam for like two or three bucks. Um, it's 
a pseudo puzzle game where it's really just following the story of a relationship where you are Florence, you meet someone, and it's about putting your life together and spoilers, how it falls apart and just kind of exploring what does it mean to intertwine your life with another person and how do you disentangle yourself from their life even if things aren't terrible but still have to end like what does it mean when you move you've moved in together and now you have to move out and you have to decide what's your stuff and what's their stuff like just really really cool stuff um Depression Quest is the other one I liked. I literally played it yesterday. It is a point-and-click, not adventure game, or not not even point-and-click, what am I saying? Choose your own adventure game yeah. where the adventure is you have depression. <laughs> and um, <laughs> you get choices to make. Um, it was created by Zoe Quinn, um, who is most famous for being the target of the Gamergate uh, uh, debacle. She was the one who was being harassed, and then it kind of exploded into other stuff as well. Um, it's a good game. It's um, it is choose your own adventure, like I said. But as part of like the theme of like the depression that's affecting your life, some the options that are the best for you are like you can't choose them, like they're um, scratched out. Um, so like you're presented with a problem, like you're running behind on your project at work and it gives you some options, like email your boss and see if you can like lessen the scope of the project or ask for an extension or like ignore the problem and other things and actually doing the best thing. is just, just not, available. nope, can't do it. <laughs> um, and there are, and as you're, so I only played through once. I might th play through again, but honestly, I tend not to do that with choose your own adventure games. I like to kind of just experience what I experience and kind of just like treat that as the game. Um, so, for example, in my game, I did go to therapy. I am on meds, and I don't know how to talk to my family about it. They still don't know that I'm going to therapy, and I did break up with my girlfriend. Uh, so it's a bit of a mixed bag, but that that's just where it ended. Oh, I also got a cat. So I'll hey. say 50, well, I'll say <laughs> came out pretty even there. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, no, it, it was just really good. It was, um, I, I, I do think I might return to it later or just see what other people had happened to them just cause it was interesting. Um, it didn't do any like really big, there was never any really big moment that was just like. And now you're like on the verge of suicide or, and now you're like, and now you're totally better. And maybe it does get like that um, if you choose different options, but it just sort of felt like you are living your life. You're depressed. Things get a little better when you're going to therapy, get a little better when you're taking meds. Still don't know how to talk to people about it. How long does it take to get through one like sitting of it? Took me about 20 minutes to oh, get wow. through. Um, it's, it's start, honestly, the most interesting thing, I think the best thing about it is just like the way they tell the story and the choices there are. There was a thing at the beginning where you could kind of click into stuff like hyperlink, like Wikipedia style, where it's like, it would say your friends and you could click through that and see who your friends were. And then it just sort of stopped doing that after the first or second page. And it sort of felt like they were wanting to do more, but didn't really do it. So I don't know what was going on there. But overall, I'd say it was a good one. But yeah, only 20 minutes. Um, 
Yeah. Games I was kind of on. Journey, which is an older game, came out on PlayStation, I don't know how many years ago, 10 or 12 years ago, maybe even older, for all I know. Um, Kind of an artsy game, not really, uh, you're traveling up a mountain, but you don't entirely know why, and it's like, kind of post-apocalyptic, it seems like there's something going on, but don't really know what, Um, and you're kind of just sort of like walking through and kind of experiencing what the environment is like. the most interesting thing about that one was that while playing, it's not a multiplayer game, but while playing, you can run across other people who are playing the game at the same, who are in the same spot as you and just happen to be there. And you can't do anything with them other than sing like notes to them. And you can't choose what those notes are. You just, you can, you basically like run into someone and you both go, bing, 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 bing. And you both do that and you kind of like, I think what oh yeah never mind uh you can help each other because singing gives you parts of your cape back and the the longer your cape is the the higher you can jump or something like that or the farther you can fly I can't remember exactly it's been a little bit but you can so you can kind of help people you can kind of show um someone if they're having trouble with like figuring out how to get somewhere you can kind of show them how to do that um I did have that happen once um so that was interesting, but uh, it's also very beautiful music, art style, things like that, but it just sort of didn't didn't stick with me. That one was longer, probably two, maybe hour, two hours, Qu- big air quotes, longer uh, than the other ones, um, but longer than Depression Quest, at least, um, but I don't know, it just didn't, like, it didn't stick with me the way some of the other games did. And the last game that was kind of like, meh, where I liked it, but it didn't stick with me, was Control. Control is probably the newest game of all of these that I played. It came out like 2019, 2020, or something like that, where it's like a third-person adventure game that's really influenced by SCP stuff. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. SCP stands for... I don't remember. <laughs> I know the C stands for contain, but it, it's 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 it started as like internet copy pasta stuff, like Enderman, where it's just like, hey, here's this weird stuff that's going on, and there's an organ organization that's dedicated to documenting and trying to like stop these terrible things from happening. Um, and a, a trope of these stories is that they're all supposed to be government documents, and so parts of it are blacked out. And that kind of adds to the horror, where they'll like start to describe something, and then things are erased, and you can't... Redacted. Yes. Uh, very much in the like Lovecraftian, oh, it's so... Sometimes it's redacting... It, the, it's, it's funny, because sometimes it's redacting stuff that seems like it would be very commonplace. Like... I went to the coffee store and I ordered a, and it's blacked out for some reason. And that's funny. And then other times it's like blacked out, blacked out, blacked out. And then blood scrawled on the wall, blacked out, blacked out, blacked out. Like you just don't know what's going on. Um, and that was interesting at first, but as I kept playing, the story just kept feeling very one note where it's like, Weird stuff is happening. Uh, we can't explain it. Ooh, you're going to get a power-up. And there's a story somewhere in this. 
Uh, and and at some point, I was stuck on a puzzle, which I wasn't even doing wrong. I was just like, let me rephrase that. I just like, for some reason, something wasn't clicking. Once I looked up the answer and I was like, oh, wait, I thought I was doing it right. But I was just doing it in the wrong order or something like that. And while I was there, I was like, eh, let's just go to Wikipedia and we'll read the plot. And once I read the plot, I was like... I don't, I don't need to play this. I'm good. Because <laughs> it sort of felt like it was building up to something. Because it was treating like the organization. They didn't call themselves SCP. They were called the Bureau of Control. Um, Federal Bureau of Control. And um, they were obviously a government body. It looked like the FBI. But they dealt with all the supernatural stuff. Um, and it was everything was framing it as like control versus chaos. And that seemed very interesting because the bureau seemed kind of evil like they're very obviously doing questionable things and i thought it was going to start to like kind of question this idea that absolute control over everything is a good thing and that maybe like some chaos or maybe just not having to control everything is maybe good uh no never never a question everything's just kind of vaguely sinister and then it comes to an end and i won't spoil it but it, it doesn't explore that, as far as I'm aware. Bad games, not going to stick around on these. Dayland is a Stardew Valley-esque, Rune Factory-esque, Harvest Moon-esque, like, you're just, you're, you're building a farm, you're doing things, but you're on a little planet, uh -huh. and that could be cute in a Mario Odyssey, or not Mario Odyssey, Mario Galaxy style, but it's not because it's just really hard to remember what direction to go, <laughs> even though it's not a big area. It's just, like, it would tell me to go to the lake, and I'm like, I, where's, I don't know where to go, because I hadn't gotten the map yet, and it was just very clunky, and I stopped within 20 minutes. Stanley Parable is a very well-known game. It's a uh, walking simulator slash uh, um, choose-your-own-adventure style thing where there's a narrator you're, you're playing Stanley, and there's a narrator who's describing what you're doing, but he describes it before you do it. And so you'll come to a doorway and there's two doors. And he says, Stanley took the door on the left. Oh, I know this game. Yes. Played this game. Yes. I think I played it when we were living together the first time. Mm -hmm. And then I tried, and I didn't really, it didn't really click for me then. And then I tried it again recently. Still didn't click with me because they were coming out with a new edition that I had heard good things about. And I was like, yeah, let's try it again. See if it works. It doesn't work for me. I just kind of get bored where I'm like, oh, I have to do it again. I have to, like... That is, uh, yeah, it's just like, okay, and now we're yeah. back to the beginning. It, it's kind of like why I don't redo Choose Your Own Adventure stuff like Depression Quest, or at least not very soon, because I I don't necessarily need to always be surprised by what's going on, but I do like a little more variety. Like, mm -hmm. you can make the, the, the exact same decisions all the way to the very end, which might only take, like, five minutes. But I still have to do all that, and it, it just sort of kills my enthusiasm. It is fun. Like, the, the first couple times you go through it, I do like it. I like the humor, but I just, I, I can't be bothered to keep playing it. Maybe I should treat it more as, like, a thing I come back to every once in a while. But then I feel like I'd forget what I had done, and I don't want to keep a journal. <laughs> I'm just not. Um, I will say, not playing it for that long gets you an achievement so i played it back in like 2013 2014 and then i played it again here in 2020 there's an achievement for not playing the game for five years <laughs> which was very funny 
Um, unfortunately, I found out about that before, and that's part of what made me think, oh, maybe I should play it. That'll be fun. Get the achievement. Do something. But no. There's another achievement is for if you play it for the entirety of a Tuesday. That's just... The, the entirety of a Tuesday? I believe so. I think you can just leave it on. But, like... Uh, yeah, so there's a lot of commentary on, like, games and, like, video game design and how you don't really have a choice, even though it feels like you have a choice. Kind of interesting, but, again, not really... I didn't feel the need to keep playing through. After I got one kind of extreme ending, I was like, okay, I get it. I did it. <laughs> um, Undertale, uh, another very popular game. Half parody, half... Uh, really in-depth uh, JRPG where you build a party, I think, and you fight people in turn-based combat. I just stopped because uh, I didn't like all the random encounters. I don't like it when you can't choose when a fight happens, even if it's supposed to happen. Like, literally just walking around because I was like, oh, wait, which door did I go to? Walking down a hallway, I had to fight a frog. And I, that just got tiresome for me. I've never been a huge JRPG guy. I think I've played maybe one in my life i never was really even into pokemon so i think it's just like this genre is kind of just not for me i've everything i've heard about undertale sounds great but it just again not for me air aer is a game where you are a person who can transform into a bird and fly around these floating islands very cool mechanics there's no game <laughs> it has puzzles in air quotes that are like, look at the shape. Make the shape. Which part makes me think that like it could be fun for kids, maybe. But yeah, just it, it's just not it wasn't interesting. It's not difficult. The flying is fun, but it doesn't do anything with the flying, if that makes any sense. The puzzles didn't have anything to do with the flying. If it were like again, flying, really great. If they were to make it something where like, oh, you have to like do this obstacle course or do all these other things, could be pretty fun. But that's not what was going on. Sonic Mania. I didn't get it. I, I started playing. There was no tutorial. I was just running around and like hitting stuff. And I've never played a Sonic game. Maybe I'm missing out on something. Just didn't work. And finally, Chris Tales, which was a, another JRPG. Um, but there weren't random encounters. It was all very, or at least I didn't reach a point where it was uh, random encounters only got roughly through the tutorial stuff but it has a very cool mechanic where your character can see in the future and in the past at the same time while also seeing the present and so that's oh. represented by your screen being split into three where on the left is the past middle is the present and the right is the future and that's very cool because it kind of lets... So, like, if you walk past characters or walk past places, you can see, here's what it used to look like, here's what it looks like now, here's what it will look like. And there's, like, little puzzles of, like, oh, we need to go to this place. And this old person remembers that it used to have, like, a, a rose symbol on it, but it doesn't anymore. So you can look in the past and you can see that. Um, and there's also a mechanic where you can jump into the past to do something or jump into the future and do something. Um, but in th like that is all very cool in theory, but the way it played out was very, very weird in the sense that 
a majority of the screen takes up the the present, which is fine, but you couldn't control how much of the past or future. So you only have like this little corner to look at, and sometimes you can only walk so far. For the most part, that didn't affect things. It was just kind of annoying. Mm -hmm. But also, to go back and forth in time, you don't go back and forth in time. You have a pet frog that you have to have a special control for to, like, press and hold a button to make your frog jump over. And then you control them in that area. And then you hop back into the now. That should be a one-button press to just, like, oop, I'm in the past, or oop, I'm in the future. But no, it was hold and press, control the frog. Which side do you want to go to? Confirm that choice. Now your frog is over here, and now you can get to control. And it was just it was just very weird. And then the combat was JRPG combat, which again, I kind of like, but it just it just didn't land for me. So didn't make it past the I made it past the tutorial, and then that was it. That's it. There are other games I played. Don't need to talk about them because they were the ones that like either just in general the the genre didn't fit or I, they didn't leave a strong impression. These were just the games that like either liked and that's why or um, were kind of met on or games I didn't like but I feel like someone else uh, or that I they felt a little more strongly about. Um, Sonic Mania, all the songs, all the games I didn't mention are fall under the kind of Sonic Mania style where I played a bit, just, I didn't really get it and I right. just left it. So, yep. Any questions? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I have any questions. I, there are a couple actually that I'm, I'm curious. I'll have to maybe get set up with one or two of them because there's a couple that I'm rather interested in trying myself. <laughs> But for the most part, no. I think you explain all of them very succinctly. Mm -hmm. That's what I like, where I explain so well, there's no point in discussion. Zero. So I will just ask, you know what? Okay, so I know we haven't come up with a uh, a name for this segment. So I'm going to call this one The Consumer Corner. <laughs> Tim, what have you been consuming lately? What have, what, uh, any games, any books, any food? What's, what's... What's going on? I'm on a strict no food regimen. <laughs> okay. No food ever. No. Um, I guess I'll plug the the, the, the the many TV shows that I watch. While I, you know, famously do not read on this show, I do watch quite a bit. Uh, some ones that I've absolutely uh, adored recently. Most of them fall in the uh, HBO family of telephone shows. Uh, Hacks, which is a... You've mentioned that to I me. have, yep. I have, and I will mention it. <laughs> Yet again, until until it is watched. A uh, delightful show about a aging female comedian and her assistant, and their antics that they get into. Funny show on television, bar none. It's not even, it's not even close. Um, I'm also really enjoying this season of Barry. Mm, yeah. That Bill Hader. He's really doing it again. <laughs> yeah. All the things. He's delightful. Um, and then those really the main two. I guess so. I guess just those two. There's other little stuff here and there, you know. Sure. I'm out there. <laughs> um What about you? 
Yeah. What are you consuming <laughs> intravenously? Besides playing a bunch of video games that I end up quitting after 20 minutes, uh, I've been reading uh, Tokyo Ghoul, which is a manga about um, a world where there are monsters that can only eat humans. Every other food tastes like garbage to them, but humans taste great. They're called ghouls. They look like humans. And the main character used to be a human and became a ghoul. And it's very good. It's uh, it's it doesn't start as the very common like shonen monster fighting manga anime thing. It's a little more introspective, a little more dare I say literary uh, in what it does. Sometimes to its detriment. Sometimes it gets up its own ass a little bit. If I'm being honest, um, to the point where when it does start getting actiony, I don't know what is going on. I have to read. Someone who writes a summary of the 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 uh, chapter after reading it um, to help me understand what was going on to the point where it's like, oh, that single panel that was in the corner um, that features a face that's half in shadow, that's Amon, who you might remember from 10 chapters ago. <laughs> um, he's relevant because of these things, and that's where it gets up its own ass a little bit, but... I still like it. I'm, I finished Tokyo Ghoul. I'm reading Tokyo Ghoul R-E or Re. I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, which is like the sequel that takes place a few years after it. Uh, very good. Even more confusing. But now that I know that I have to... Now that I know I'm going to read a summary after each time, I'm starting to get a little bit better at reading it. Hmm. So. There you go. Yeah. Um, I think that is going to be it. Uh, next time... Um, I will be talking once again uh, when I... Oh, are we talking about a book? Uh, kind of. Uh, it's a comic book. That's not a book. It's not a book. But uh, it is... Uh, I, a few years ago, bought a couple of Humble Bundles, Humble Bundles. of Humanoids Comics, which is a European line mm-hmm. of comics. Um, and I have read a bunch of them. And I, So next time I'm going to read... I think I'm going to be talking about this for a while because I have a lot of thoughts about European comics. Um, but next time we're going to be talking about probably the grandfather of European comics, at least the way I see it with humanoids, um, which is Alejandro Jodorowsky's Jodoverse, which includes the Incall and the Metabarons and things like this. Ah, yes. The big the Metabarons. Yes. <laughs> We've all heard about the <laughs> Metabarons and the Techno Technos and... Uh, the... It's-a me, a Superman. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but that's what we're going to talk about next time. We're going to thank Velt Punch for the use of their song Fighting Pose from the album His Strange Fighting Pose. Follow us on Twitter, at SundokuPod. Um, and is there anything else we can do? Uh, listen to the back catalog. Listen to the back catalog. Leave a review if you'd be so like kind. And subscribe. Any review uh, at all? Five star, one star, zero stars. I don't Gives care. Gives us heat. Yeah. <laughs> Burns our ovens. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, uh, we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.